So for those of you who don't know me, my name's Ambry, and I'm a middle school intern here. Um, a few facts about me. I'm obsessed with coffee. I'm sure my sixth grade girls could tell you that. Talk about it all the time. Drink way too many cups a day. Just happens. Um, I'm from a super small town in Tennessee. Recently moved here to Georgia. Um, we have bring your tractor to school day, which makes for a lot of fun. And that's about all I got. So today I'm gonna continue our series on forgiveness. And we're gonna talk about forgiving other people who have hurt you. So for starters, I just wanna ask you guys a question. In middle school, I know it can be a tough time. And so I wanna know, what do you guys have to forgive on a daily basis? Just shout it out. Your little brother? Yeah. They can be annoying sometimes. The boys in your gym class, yeah. They make rude comments sometimes, aren't always the nicest. What else? Your sisters. So a lot of siblings, huh? So for me, middle school wasn't the easiest time. Um, my parents went through a really nasty divorce when I was in end of fifth grade, beginning of sixth grade. And it was a pretty crazy time. So I had my dad who, I'm gonna tell you all a little story. Um, I was coming home from soccer practice and my parents weren't there at soccer practice, which was kind of crazy. They had always been there every week to watch me play. And I was like, mom and dad aren't here. Something's weird. And so we got home and my dad said, guys, we're gonna have a family meeting. And I don't know about you guys, but like when a parent says family meeting, you know something's about to go down. Well, let's be honest. And so something definitely went down, and my dad told us that he no longer loved our family, and that he had another person that he had fallen in love with. And so my dad that day um, got up and walked out the door, got in the car with another woman. And I'm almost 20 years old, and I've seen my dad three times since then. So my dad left us. And that caused my mom to fall in this deep, deep hole of depression. And she turned to alcohol instead of dealing with it. And so my mom began to lay in bed for months at a time, only getting out of bed when she needed another bottle of wine. And that was so hard for me. And it caused me to have to be a parent. And I had to raise my little brother. My little brother's two years younger than me and my best friend. And I was signing his school assignments when a parent should have signed them. I was helping him with homework when my mom should have been doing it. I was cooking and cleaning and doing all the things a parent should have done. And see what happened was I began to get this anger inside of me that just built up and built up because my parents had hurt me so much, my mom particularly. And I'm gonna use this example with you guys today of these rocks that I have. And see, when we don't forgive someone, it's like rocks building up in a backpack and I had the rocks of a divorce, and I had the rocks of my parents hurting me, the pressure of having to be a parent. I carried it all around in this heavy backpack. Austin, come here. When you try to lift this, feel how heavy this is. Put this on your back. On your back. Do you feel how heavy that is? That's a 10-pound bag of rocks that I just began to carry around because I was so mad. All right, you can let it go and sit down. Thank you for being my demonstration. 
And that brings me to my first point today, guys, that as Christians, we sometimes have the right to be angry. Can I get somebody to read this verse for us? Hannah. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get out these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Thanks, girl. So I was pretty shook when I read this passage. I want to break it down with you guys. So Jesus in this passage was angry. And I know we think of God as this like heavenly father who loves us, but he can get angry too. He was human just like us. And he had all the human emotions that we have. And in this passage, he has a right to be angry. They were disrespecting his father's temple. The place that we should go to worship, they were doing everything that was opposite. In this passage, literally Jesus goes Indiana Jones style on these people. He pulls out a whip and he starts flipping tables because he's so mad at what they've done and how they've disrespected his father's house. And for me, I know I had a right to be mad. I was mad that my parent couldn't be a parent, that my dad left in the middle of it. That wasn't fair to me. I didn't do anything to deserve that. And I know you guys go through that on the daily. The boys that are mean in gym class when you haven't done anything to them are the girl that spills tea behind your back and you have to sit next to her next class period. It's the worst. It happens and it's terrible. But we begin to carry these rocks of unforgiveness when these situations occur. And that brings me to my next point. We don't have a right to stay angry. We don't have a right to act in our anger. Can I get one of you guys to read this next verse? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Ephesians 4.26. Thank you. So in this, Jesus tells us that even though we feel angry inside, we're not supposed to stay there. We're not supposed to act on it. And I know that you guys probably think, like, I have to start a rumor to get back at this girl who made me mad. Or I have to do something to seek revenge. But that's not the case. And that's not what Jesus did. He didn't seek revenge on us when we hurt him. Instead, he loved us. And that's what it's all about. So I want to share with you guys a little bit more about my story. So I carried these rocks of unforgiveness around until I got to college. In my freshman year of college, I came to know the Lord, and he saved me. And then I moved here to Georgia. And as I began to grow in my faith, I realized that this heavy backpack was weighing me down. But I realized that God wanted more for me. So as I began to grow and as I began to pray, the anger that I was holding at my mom disappeared. The anger that I was holding at my brother 
because he got a better life, gone. The anger about the divorce, gone. Eventually, all the rocks were gone, and I had an empty backpack. Because that's what happens when we forgive and we let go of what we're holding on to. It's amazing. I was changed. And I think so often we get caught up in the fact that somebody owes us an apology. The person that hurts you owes you an apology, right? They have to make it right. They have to say something nice about me. They have to own up to what they did. They have to apologize for what happened. And I was so stuck on that, and it was keeping me from forgiveness. But the Lord taught me that forgiving somebody requires a change in my heart. Whereas an apology requires a change in their heart. And we can't control what happens in their heart. We can only control what happens in ours and what the Lord calls us to do. Because that's so much more. And if we try to control what happens in their heart, we're playing God. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We have to have peace knowing that he's moving in us. And that's amazing. And so ultimately God changes their heart and God changes ours. He's in the business of changing hearts. We just have to let it happen. And we have to do that by letting go of the rocks of unforgiveness. My final point for you guys today is forgiven people forgive people. I want to say that one more time. Forgiven people forgive people. I think this is one of the most vital things for us to understand as Christians. And I know this passage that we're about to be reading is kind of long, but I want you guys to just stick with me through it because it's so important in this journey of forgiveness. Can I get somebody to read it? In the back. Oh, so sorry. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70, 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. He begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the, that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. 
but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw that, saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Thank you so much for reading that and sticking with me through it. I know that was kind of long, but I want to just unpack this with you guys for a minute. So in this story, we have two people here. We have the servant and we have the master. And the servant owes the master so much money. He owes him 10,000 bags of gold. 10,000 bags of gold. Do you guys realize what that's like equivalent to here? It'd be like how much an adult makes a year times three. That's how much he owes in this situation. And on the other hand, we have the servant's friend who owes the servant 20 gold coins. So not as many. And the servant goes to the master knowing he owes 10,000 bags of coins and begs for forgiveness and begs for mercy. And the master says, okay, you're free. I forgive you. But in this story, the servant doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what he had just been forgiven of. And so he goes to this other friend servant who owes 20 silver coins. And he says, you owe me. I'm, I'm not going to forgive you. You owe me. You better give this back to me. And he chokes him and has him thrown in jail. That's ridiculous. So 20 silver coins is literally worth three months of wages. That's it. So we have ten, three years of wages, 10,000 coins, gold coins, and then we have three months of silver coins. It doesn't equal out. And as I read this, I realized, oh, that's how we are with Jesus. See, Jesus forgave us of way more than we could ever comprehend. He forgave us of more than the 10,000 gold coins, way more. And we still act like the servant, and we still go to our friends and to people who have hurt us, demanding forgiveness demanding them to own up to what they did for the little bit of coins. It doesn't make sense. We forget what we have been forgiven of, and because of that, we don't act like forgiven people. Forgiven people forgive people. If that servant would have truly embraced the fact that he was forgiven, he would have forgave his friend and walked away and been fine he would have realized how much had been done for him. But he didn't. And that leads us to us, guys. If we are Christians and we are saved of all of our sins, why do we still hold people accountable for the little sin that they did against us? Why do we still hold that in play? 
It doesn't make sense. Why can't we forgive others when we have been forgiven of so much? Okay, so I want to read you guys a passage of scripture that I think really exemplifies what happens when we let go of these rocks. Because in the previous passage, we saw what happens when you hold on to the rocks of unforgiveness and don't let them go. You get angry, you choke your friends, you do crazy things. So now we're going to go into Hebrews, and I want to show you guys what happens when you let go of these rocks. And you let them be free. So I'm going to read it, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning in shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endures such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In this passage, it talks about our Christian life being a race. And in this, the finish line is Jesus, and the finish line is eternity. And we have to run our race until we get there. Do we have any cross-country runners in the room? Anyone who runs track? Elise, you're a track coach. What do you wear when you guys run a race? So you don't wear a snowshoe suit? You don't carry around a 10-pound bag of rocks? Are you sure? What would happen if you carried around a 10-pound bag of rocks while you were running? You'd lose. You're right. You'd be slow. You'd be out of breath pretty easily. This passage of scripture tells us to throw it off, to throw off these rocks, because they're holding us back from running. They're holding us back from running with speed, running with endurance. And when we throw off everything that gets in our way, we're able to run the race with perseverance. We can breathe a little lighter. We can run and not be out of breath. We can just overall have a better experience. And when we do that, we can fix our eyes on Jesus because we don't have the distraction of the heavy weight of unforgiveness chained to our backs. Instead, I have this empty backpack that I can put whatever I need to in it. Whatever the Lord wants to put in it, he can put in it because I don't have the heavy rocks in it anymore. And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can run well and we can love others well because that's what we're called to do. We're called to forgive and to love. So a few of you guys know my story. Some of you guys don't. But I want to take a minute and share it with you guys. A few months ago, I was living here in Georgia. And I was rear-ended in a car accident. And when I was rear-ended, the doctors told me that I had cancer. And that was a pretty scary thing in my life. I was terrified, if we're being honest and it didn't make sense. I really didn't know what I was gonna do, but I knew one thing for sure, is that it meant I was gonna go home to Nashville, and I was gonna have treatment there, and I was gonna see the oncologist, which is a cancer doctor there, 
and he was going to treat me. And so I was terrified to go home because like I previously had told you all like about the relationship with my mom, I knew it was going to be messy. And I was so scared because this wasn't supposed to be in my race. My race, I thought, was going to be straight and perfect, and I threw off the rocks of unforgiveness. I was fine now. Good things were going to happen. But that's not how it went. It's not how it went at all. But I knew one thing is that going back, it was different this time because I forgave my mom, and I had my empty backpack ready to go. I was good. And so when I went home, I actually found out that I don't have cancer. People call it a miracle that God removed the cancer from my body. And I would agree with them. But I honestly think the biggest miracle that happened is what happened between my mom and I. Instead of a broken relationship, I was able to love my mom well because I wasn't carrying around these heavy rocks of unforgiveness anymore. I could breathe lighter in my race that I was running. I had my eyes fixed on Jesus, and so I could love her well and point her to Jesus. My mom still doesn't know the Lord, but my mom began to pray for a miracle in my body. And that's the first time in my life that I have ever heard my mom pray. And it was amazing. And I know that Jesus isn't done there. And because I like all of these rocks that are here, he was able to work. And I know the same is with you guys in your life. And this big room, I know that I don't know everyone's story. I know some of you guys, but I don't know everyone. And I don't know what goes on in your life. But I know that you guys are all carrying a rock of some sort of unforgiveness that you need to let go of. And I know it's a heavy, heavy rock. And I know that if you let go of it, you would be able to run this race so much better. You would be able to breathe lighter. And you would be able to run with perseverance. And so I want to encourage you guys in a minute to come up here after I pray and take a rock. Elise will have Sharpies. And if you guys feel led, write the situation, the person, or whoever you need to forgive on the rock. I don't know if it's yourself, if it's somebody, if it's a situation, if it's the, the divorce, the person who abused you, the girl who spills tea behind your back, the boys that are mean to you. But this week, I want you to take your rock and begin to pray over it and pray that the Lord will change your heart. And when you feel that peace that comes from the Lord, I want you to get rid of the rock. Do something that will symbolize that it's gone. Throw it into a body of water. Bury it if you need to. Whatever you do, know that these rocks, they're not carrying you anymore. You're not carrying that anymore. The burden's gone. The Lord forgave you, and because of that, you can forgive others. You're free. So I'm going to pray, and then I want you guys to come up and get a rock if you feel led. Dear God, thank you so much for everything that you've done today. And I just pray that this week, you can just soften the hearts of everyone in this room. And we can live in forgiveness of you. And we can just take to heart what you did. We can remember that you forgave us of all of our sins. And because of that, we are called to forgive other people. 
I thank you, Lord, that you forgave all of us and that you came to us. Thank you for the blessing of forgiveness that you've given us and the example of you that it is. And I pray that we can let go of these rocks this week. Amen. I don't know if you guys need to come talk about it, but pull one of your leaders aside. Come talk to me. Come talk about the rocks that you're carrying if you need to. But it's time to let go of it, guys. Come get your rocks. that's a wrap for today. I hope that you guys can get rid of your rocks this week and let the Lord overwhelm you with the peace that comes with forgiving people and embrace the empty backpack the Lord has for us. Have a great week and we'll see you next week.